Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where themes are cool. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. Well, it's like symbolism, and then you have themes, and um, uh, not English, not English class, sorry. Not English class, no. Today, I want to talk about uh, yearly themes, which is almost like yearly resolutions, but not. It's not a New Year's resolution, which is why I almost talked about it at the beginning of the year, and then we said, no, let's wait a couple months, and it's been a few months now. Yeah, to really see how it played out, because you were really kind of taking off with this idea and running. So it's uh, not something that you really can talk about in January to say how it's actually playing out. So now that we're almost halfway through the year, which sounds absolutely crazy, we thought we would check in and really just see how, how it's going for you. Yeah, and this is something that I got from like the Cortex podcast and from CGP Grey. It's not my unique idea, so I want to put that out there up front. Um, but CGP Grey has this amazing YouTube video on it. So if you're interested and you want to see another way of looking at it and kind of just a quick breakdown, I would direct you to that. If you just search for CGP Grey yearly theme, I'm sure it will show up. Otherwise, the Cortex podcast is another really good place. So yeah, that that video that you sent, I really liked. I uh, all of it makes it makes sense to do it this way. Like this makes a lot more uh, sense in terms of letting yourself down, kind of stuff where you're not setting yourself up for disaster in a lot of ways that people do yeah and this is one of those things where last year i thought a lot about it like in january when it came around um and i just wasn't in the right headspace or i wasn't feeling up to it and we were just about to buy a house and there was a lot going on um so i i thought about it a lot but i didn't do anything and so this year it came around again to like january and i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try it this year i'm gonna set a yearly theme so the idea here is that instead of doing a new year's resolution you set a theme for your year and the general high level idea of this is that goals are not very adaptable themes can be extremely adaptable and you feel really bad when you fail a goal because really with most goals there's two states there's either success or failure right there's right. not really an in between so if your goal is like i'm going to lose 20 pounds either you haven't done it or you have done it and you know things like that where if you set yourself up for i'm going to exercise 7 days a week the first time that you go down to 6 days in a week you're like well i'm failed there's my whole resolution out the window yeah. um whereas with a theme you can pick something that works for you and resonates with you and you can adapt it depending on how you're year goes and like in a year like this where there's a global pandemic that none of us knew was coming uh being able to adapt it and change things on the fly is a huge huge thing that's going for this yeah it's one of those things where i've never been a big fan of new year's resolutions anyway of just the idea of resolutions the way that people tend to handle them because you you really do either set yourself up for like abject failure like like kind of like i did it's like i'm going to uh train and run a marathon which wasn't a new year's resolution but it was kind of happened at the same time where i just straight up didn't do it like i got sick i got lazy and uh missed my missed my race and then there are things like uh, where you're too general like i'm gonna eat better and then it's like well, that doesn't necessarily mean anything or, you know, exercise more. And it's uh, like if you you do a couple of push ups during the day once a week, that's that's probably more than before. So it's like you need to uh, still be specific about things uh, because most of us handle these kinds of goals and resolutions in the wrong way. Yeah. And, you know, if you had done something like 
um, using some of the examples you just put out there, you could have like a year of exercise and maybe you start that and it's like, oh, I'm going to run a marathon. And then when you realize that's not going to happen, it's like, okay, well, how am I going to change this? Right. Maybe I'll just emphasize running more. Maybe I'll do a different exercise I haven't done. Maybe I'll try to lift weights like you can you can adapt it, you know, and it's it's something that is riding the line between specificity and generality so that you have room to play but it's still a direction to take you as you come to these choices throughout your year where and this is kind of what you know the video lays out is you come to all of these choices all the time right branching paths and sometimes it's just about taking the one that's like slightly more towards what you're working on and it doesn't have to be a gigantic adjustment so i like that idea too so when you're doing one like this, instead of setting a very hard concrete goal, right, for like a New Year's resolution, you're going to do X, Y, or Z. Um, the, the thing that you do is you say, I'm going to go for a year of blank and you fill in the blank. And the key is that you want something that resonates with you, right? Like my, ex, my uh, example just now, like year of exercise, like that could work for somebody. Right. Um, for me this year... Uh, I wanted 2020 to be like a year of wellness because that was something that really resonated with me and I knew what I meant by it. And that's the only thing that matters. It doesn't really matter what somebody else would interpret that as. It's like, I know what I'm going for there and all the subcategories that I might kind of turn the dials up on, turn the dials down on, try different things out. I I know that like my mom has done this too because she listens to some of the same podcasts and watches some of the same YouTube stuff that I'm doing or that I watch. And she's doing a year of transition this year. Um, And what that means for her, I know that my brother is doing something similar. He's trying to do a year of art where he's exploring art in a bunch of different ways. Um, And so the key is you pick a word that resonates with you and know that you can morph it in whatever way works for you, but you know what you mean by it. And that's kind of the key. And thinking back retroactively, if I had done this my last few years, and this is probably why I wasn't doing it, was that like 2017 and honestly, even the five years before that would have just been the years of survival, like just trying to get through and just like stay on my feet and like keep my kids alive and like bring in enough money (laughs) that like we're not going to go destitute. And because I, you know, I like I lost my job. I became a freelancer kind of by accident. I was running my own business that I never intended to do. And somehow I was supporting a family of four. It was survival. Like that's that's the mode that I was in for years. And then, you know, 2018 and kind of maybe to a little bit of extent, 2019 probably would have been just like the year of productivity and or like the year of career where I finally felt like I had a career path. I know where I was going with it. I just need to work on that and like be super productive and like step forward in my career while also building the company that I'm part of and building the team that I'm in charge of and all of that kind of thing. Right. So retroactively, I see what they could have been and I I could have done them, but it was just, it was, it was a little overwhelming at the time. So this is the first year where I really have like mental capacity. The other thing is that like 2019 could have just been the year of, oh my God, new house. Like last year was just, <laughs> there's so much, right? When anytime you like get a new house or you move, there's just so much that goes into that. It is so, so, so insane. Like we moved into this house five years ago and a little well a little over five years ago now and there's still stuff that we had intended to do early on that has not been done just because of th- of life and things that come up that uh it's it always seems like such an easy thing oh, i'm just going to move and go you know it's not going to be a huge thing after the first couple of months it's like oh i still need to take care of that that is there's always something to do when you when you are dealing with homes and real estate 
Yeah, and you could have a year coming up that's a year of, you know, house improvement or finishing off house stuff or a year of house, right? Like it can be general, as general as anybody needs it to be. Year of house actually wouldn't be a bad one if you're in that situation. And that's kind get... of where we are, that uh, we are doing the almost the house of the, the year of the house because we're locked into it. And we had already been thinking about doing some better things with uh, working on our landscaping more, fixing some of the... Uh, like drainage issues in the backyard and trying to do it aesthetically well. And uh, this is kind of given us the impetus to do that, that we're moving forward. Our Italy trip got canceled. We were really planning on uh, relaxing a lot this year uh, and putting less pressure on us and really trying to focus in on like home life. So in a way, that's really what we're doing. And it was kind of forced on us uh, after uh, <laughs> after all. Yeah, um, that's good. So see, you almost do have a yearly theme if you just roll with it. Um, and maybe maybe you will if we check in on this again later in the year. So uh, year of wellness is kind of what I picked for myself this year. And the thought was if we talked about this at the beginning of the year, I was going to kind of state some of my intentions. We could check back later. But like you said, we're halfway through the year, so I can do both right now. So here's what I was thinking at the beginning of the year. I thought that year of wellness for me, kind of the main points, and this wasn't all-inclusive, right? Wellness is a general frame of mind that you can tweak and adjust as you go on. But I, I wanted to exercise more. I wanted to be reading more. Um, and reading, honestly, at this point, could almost be its own sub-episode. I have a lot of thoughts after like putting that more in the forefront of my mind this year. Um, I wanted to try yoga, which I had never really done, um, and maybe try to meditate again. I know that that was very useful when I did it. Um, I just never made it a habit. And then I wanted to, you know, eat better and on a more consistent schedule. And I also wanted to like track my sleep to try to get better. I, I didn't want to set a goal of like, I need better sleep, but I know that there's room for improvement there. So I wanted to just track the data to see what I could get from that. And then maybe it would kind of reflect itself back into, you know, sleep quality. So that was what I was thinking at the beginning of the year. And I think I've had some successes and some things I haven't touched yet and some things that I've adapted along the way. Are any of these the most interesting for you? I can dive into all of them, but well, I'm, I'm curious actually what curious you think. about. I'm curious about tracking your sleep because that's something I know so many people like my boss is really into tracking his sleep. Uh, some of my coworkers are too. And it's like, I don't care. Like not, not that they're not do not that they're doing it, but it's like, I don't care about tracking my sleep. I don't see why that matters. And it's never been something I've never had sleep issues either. So I'm really curious on why that is something very specific that so many people are looking Looking at right now so for me part of my thinking and this is tracking my sleep and it goes hand in hand with exercise and eating also is that when i see data i can't help but respond to it because i'm such a data-driven person and i know that about myself right so i know that if all i can manage to do is start capturing data about habits i will improve those habits just because i've looked at the data and okay. it's it's just part of who I am. So I I got a sleep tracker app. I got um and then I, I went back and I grabbed another uh like calorie in, calorie out, just calorie tracking app called yeah. Lose It, which I've used before. It's great. Um, but I started using that again. And then I tried a couple exercise tracking apps and I realized that I didn't really need that. All I really needed to do was make sure I was logging it in Lose It, and then that would be enough for me. So between like Lose It and um, sleep tracking, so the sleep tracker that I use is Sleep Cycle Alarm Clock, 
and I, I try to do it every night. I'm pretty good. I would say I get it. Uh, you know, like if there's 30 days in a month, I probably remember to do it 28 out of those. There might be a day or two where I fall asleep by accident before I activate it. Um, and there's an alarm clock in there that watches your sleep cycle. So I know some people like to track their sleep because you can tell the alarm to wake you up before a certain time, but at a good point in your sleep cycle, which right. is really cool, right? So you say like, okay, well, I need to be awake by 6 a.m. You give it a half hour window. So it'll watch between 5.30 and 6 a.m. And whenever you are in your lightest sleep, that's when it will wake you up. So it's a much better way to wake, wake up than having an alarm go off when you're in deep sleep, because that is very jarring and it takes you longer to like get up and get on with your day. Right. Okay. See, that's something, like I said, that's something that's never really clicked with me one way or the other uh, in terms of uh, that. So you don't, you're not using a wearable at all. Like this is one of those where you like maybe put your phone under your pillow. Um, so the way that sleep cycle used to do it is put a phone under your pillow. Now they have the ability to do a wearable, but they also have, and this is why I ultimately went with it. They have an option where you can just aim your phone's um, microphone in your general direction and it'll figure it out. Like it, it just listens. It literally just listens to the audio in the room while you're asleep. And it knows when you're like moving and rolling over and snoring and any of that kind of stuff, or when you're actually deep asleep and not moving at all. How does that work with your wife in the room too? So it is really good at knowing if it's you or if it's somebody else, because it very quickly learns like how far away the sound is. And so it can tell the difference. And it's interesting because it's really good at it. Um, the other thing it does is that if you have multiple people using it at the same time in the same room, it will figure that out based on the sounds in the room. And it will use that data to make sure that it separates the people even better. So my wow. wife is not tracking her sleep, but if she were, it would sense that because we're on the same Wi-Fi network and it would just be like, oh, okay, this one's this person. This one's the other person. Wow. That's kind of nuts to me. I, yeah, don't, I don't even understand how that technology works. It's really cool. So, I, you know, I've done really good at tracking my sleep. Um, that's one. And like I said, it kind of ties into exercise and eating better. So I started tracking um, basically just calories in, calories out with Lose It. And there's plenty, plenty of apps out there you can do. I just like that one because it's super simple. And I was getting good at being in a consistent, like intermittent fasting schedule that was working for me. That got totally thrown off from the pandemic. But I am tracking tracking calories like every day. I've done it every day since the first of the year. Nice. Um, and I think the eating better part is going pretty well. Like I've lost about 20 pounds and I'm starting to stabilize at this new weight. I'd still like to lose another five or so, but I don't need to do anything extreme at this point. Like I'm kind of where I was hoping to get. That's fantastic. I'm really, really jealous of you being able to continue to lose weight during the pandemic that uh, I kind of gave up. <laughs> like it's been just a mental thing for me. So I'm really impressed uh, that you were able to do that. Like that's fantastic. Well, it's interesting talking to people at work because it seems like nobody is the weight that they were when we all started working from home. People have mm -hmm. either lost weight or gained weight because people are like, yeah, I'm going to exercise and get new habits. And that's kind of the direction I went. And there are other people that are just like, screw it. I'm stressed, stress eating, not worrying about it, whatever. Um, I've heard both of those and they're both very valid in my opinion. Yeah. And, and I'm a bad stress eater. Like that's one of the things where, you know, I used to be 300 pounds. There's a reason for that. And uh, I've got to start working back in exercise into my routine that I really did fall completely out where if, if I'd tried a year of wellness, like I would actually still feel like a failure right now because of stopping everything completely because of stress and kind of the world at large. 
Yeah, well, and that's one of those reasons why I started with tracking my eating is because I knew that if I looked at that, I would realize where I was having too many calories and that if I just got up and moved more, it would offset those calories and I would be fine. And this goes back to knowing the kind of person I am, right? Knowing that if I see the data in front of me, I see I'm over the calories for the day. I'm like, oh, I got to work out. Um, And then once I do that enough, I'm just in a habit. So I feel like I've done pretty good at exercising. You know, mostly I'm working out like six to seven days per week. The lowest I fell to was five days in one week where just stuff came up and I just couldn't get around to it. Um, But if I average it out across these first like four months of the year, I'm probably at six and a half days each week uh, of exercising. Like that is that is crazy impressive. That as far as we are into the year right now, that you have been able to maintain that with all of the, the just stuff. That everything has been nuts this year and, and all the changes, especially with two kids and a wife that works in the school system. So like that's that's yeah. nuts that just you are able to maintain that with everything around you going to uh, go into pot. Well, this is where one of the things about the adaptability comes in, right? Because if I had set this as like an actual New Year's resolution, it probably would have been exercise six days a week. And there was that week where I fell down to five days a week. And at that point, I would have failed my New Year's resolution. I would have been really frustrated and I would have been like, screw this. And I I don't feel like that. Like, I feel like, yeah, I'm doing a good job, you know? And the week where I, I only worked out five days that week, it was like, I I still did five days and my week was insane and whatever will just kind of flex because the whole idea of having a theme for the year is that you can flex it and just make it work for you. So I mean, this doesn't have to be things like wellness and stuff like that. Like you really have almost done two of these with your reading stuff that you took and the idea that you had. And you did mention this being an episode on on its own. I really think that would work, uh, work well because it's you've upped the amount that you've read over the last couple of years exponentially already just by kind of saying this is the year I'm going to do more of that but not like not being a generic I'm going to read more but purposefully working on including it in your schedule and making sure that that was something that was important this year yeah and that's one where I feel a little mixed on it. So let me talk about the other the other success first, and then I'll get around to some of my, I don't want to say failures, but things that I haven't quite worked in yet, right? Because we're being flexible here. Um, the other thing that worked for me was yoga, kind of. I tried a bunch of it, and what I learned was I like some of the yoga moves, and I like incorporating them into my daily like exercise routine for stretches and for like warm-up and cool-down. What I don't like is to sit down and, or not sit down, but like, you know, go and do half an hour of yoga or do an hour of yoga. It's yeah. just... I don't know. It it doesn't hold my attention, but doing seven minutes warm up, seven minutes cool down, that kind of thing, those work for me. So I was able to incorporate that. So I feel like all of those things I talked about, I've, I've done pretty well at adapting them, making them work for me, giving where I need to give and flexing where I need to flex, but kind of like making them into this year of wellness. The two where I'm mixed on are meditation and reading. So meditation, I feel like I just, I, I gotta like, try it again and figure out how it works into my schedule and I just don't know where it fits because anytime you add something to your schedule you have to take something else away because there's 24 hours in a day and you can't change that 
One of the things that about meditation that I've read that because I, you know, I've mentioned it before, the 10 percent happier thing has worked so well for me that uh, when I've listened to it, read it uh, and just talked to you know anybody about it, listen to the podcast. One of the things that uh, Dan Harris talks about is that that's just part of his morning routine in his office is that while he's in his office that he can sit there. Uh, he has a chair and there's about a, a 10 minute a time like during his morning routine while he's in his office, he'll sit in a chair and get meditation in. And uh, that's something like you're in an open office, I know, so it would have to be different. But uh, that might be something since I know that you get there a little bit before most of the other people that might be possible to work in uh, earbuds. Obviously, you're working with earbuds in anyway, because you're an earbud fanatic, but it's uh, you're you're just crazy about those headphones. And that might be something that you could do is not necessarily make it part of your personal stuff but in terms of making it part of work yeah i i don't think so i don't think for me i mean i get where you're coming from i see how it could work for some people i when i tried meditation last year and found some success with it i figured out quickly that the only time it works for me is when i'm completely alone like if there's anybody else anywhere around me and this probably goes back to me being an introvert and just being sensitive to all the things around me um and hyper aware of them like even in bed at night if my wife is asleep and not moving like that's still too much it'll pull me out of meditation um the successes i had were like when everyone was out of my house or i was completely alone on one floor of the house and nobody else was making noise on the other floors of the house so that's part of my problem of finding a time to work that in because my kids are always busy they're always moving around right like i'm basically awake the hours that my wife is awake so yeah i i don't know i gotta I'm going to keep thinking about it. There's got to be a way to do it. But this is where the flexibility comes in. And that'll teach you uh, as you do it. It'll teach you how to sit in discomfort like that. Like it's one time my favorite thing that's ever happened was my dog just came in uh, running in at me and started licking my face while I was uh, sitting in the floor straight back. And I uh, didn't like jump and scare like I'd gotten so used to being able to hold it and deal with whatever was around that uh, I didn't actually uh, go nuts when my dog came in and licked my face. I was like, that's a success. Can't do that now. But uh, while while I was doing it very regularly in the floor, it was like that was my big success is uh, I was able to completely like maintain where I was breathing and uh, not reacting to uh, to that kind of thing coming in. That's cool. That's really cool. It can um, happen. It just does. It does take a lot of work. So I totally understand with kids. Man, my dog is nothing compared to having two kids running around. Right. And this is where this is one of the reasons that I chose your wellness. And this is why it resonated with me is because I knew I had like six or seven things kind of in the back of my head that I wanted to try to incorporate. And I knew they wouldn't all work. I just didn't know which ones would and which ones wouldn't stick. And yeah. if meditation is one that just doesn't work, like it, it doesn't, you know, and that kind of falls off for the year. But I've had these other things that have worked so i feel really good about where i'm at that's awesome um, yeah and the, so the last thing was reading right and this is another one where it's been kind of mixed like i've kind of had success i'm getting through more written content but the way i've been doing it is listening to a lot more audiobooks and that's good i'm glad i'm taking in more i don't know not i mean i love podcasts but like um written you know, fiction, nonfiction, all of it, like literature, it's just different when it's being read to you than a podcast is. So 
I'm glad that I'm getting that material and I'm absorbing it. But there's something about like the act of sitting down and just reading and doing nothing else that is, I know it's good for my mind and I know that I love to do it and I haven't done enough of it the last few years. So I feel like I'm still not doing very good at that. Like I haven't actually read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of audiobooks, which, you know, counts as reading in a way. Um, but I didn't realize that I was going to have to make that distinction as I got into it. So this is one of the reasons that like, reading was just kind of on my list, but I didn't know what I meant by it. And this is where reading could almost be a whole episode that I mentioned, or maybe like next year is the year of reading. And I really dig into it and I, I figure out what that means for me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is kind of a, a sub, uh, sub theme anyway for you. So it's good to, uh, to be able to recognize all of that and work toward it again in the future, like as yeah. a different kind of, of, themish goal right and you know i've seen different people do themes different ways you could do like a monthly theme or not really monthly that's probably too short but you can do like uh quarterly right like seasonal seasonal is probably better than quarterly quarterly is more business oriented but you could do like here's my theme for the season um and do four of them throughout the year but yeah yearly felt like the way to go at first so I'd be very curious if anybody else is interested in doing this um, and what you would pick, like what works for you, what resonates with you. So again, the key thing here, if you are interested, is that themes are supposed to be super adaptable and they are supposed to resonate with you. And if you get those two things right, um, it can work really, really well. So far, my first year of doing it is going well and we're eh, we're getting close to halfway. That's that's one. of it, Yeah. I don't even know. I had I had something to say about that, and just when you said it, that something that resonates, it just it just kind of clicked. Where it's like you can't really go into this with a, with a theme of something that you're you halfway care about because that's not how themes work at all. Like even in literature, the the author can't be like, yeah, I'm gonna kind of make my uh, my book along this theme. It, it's you are absolutely going to commit to it one way or the other. It just doesn't it. It just has to be something conscious about it. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I'll get BJ to do one next year. And if not, I think we'll probably check in on mine near the end of the year. And we'll see how it goes. But yeah, seriously, if you guys are have done this, are doing this, are interested in doing it, let us know on all of the places because I'd be very curious to hear about that. Of course, you guys can support the podcast. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and help us out there. Everything there goes right back into the show right back into the network and don't forget we're part of a network uh we have podcasts we have streamers we have the geekery blog all of that and more at geek to geekmedia.com or to go to geek to geekmedia.com slash subscribe you can get it all sent right to you and with that it's probably time for weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week are you still playing a lot of animal crossing I am. I am still doing it i have fallen into the uh the level of I'm now maintaining my stuff. I have my things I want to do, but and my goals that I'm working toward, but not so much uh, working on setting everything up from scratch. And so it, it's nice to feel like they're they're not chores, but so much a routine now. And uh, I've been I've been playing it a lot, uh, working on villagers. And I don't know if you've read about it. You may have uh, Belgas uh, over at uh, AgroChat uh, and the agronaut blog did a a post about making your own amiibo have you seen that have you seen people doing that uh i read his post about it it was really interesting 
It's really cool. So I decided to do it. And I ordered some of the uh, NFC cards uh, and did it because, like, for those of you who didn't, uh, Nintendo apparently, and this is like the only time I've ever heard of Nintendo doing this with anything, uses an open source NFC near field communication uh, radio frequency. Like they don't use a standard that's proprietary or terribly encrypted. Like they use one that you can buy chips off of Amazon and cards like you would use at a hotel or anything at all. Um, and then you can write to that if you have an NFC writer, which is weird, which is really cool, but you can do it with an Android phone. Like you can't do it with an iPhone, but you can do it with Android. And I happen to have a Note 8 that no one would ever buy sitting on my desk. So I was like, I can download this app that uh, that exists and then uh, pay just a little bit like pennies on the dollar for being able to make Amiibo or, or rather buy them off of eBay. And so I decided that I was going to do this. And it's fun. Like it's <laughs> it, it is. It's a lot of fun to do this. It's like because you can't buy these Amiibo like you can't go to GameStop like I would have bought packs if I could like order them from Target or something and uh, really had fun getting kind of blind box uh, thing from just packs of Amiibo cards but the uh, there it's fun to be able to do this and I've invited a couple of villagers by doing it a little bit now and I've invited Anka and Julian uh, the Egyptian cat and uh, the unicorn uh, by doing this this week and it's it's just been fun being able to, like oh who do I want next I can finally get rid of some of the ones I don't really care that much about and get into having this island that when I'm on and interacting, it's it looks and feels the way that I want it to. And I can keep playing around with that. That's super cool. And I like uh, I like being able to uh, to like be able to make Amiibo and be like, hey, and and well, actually, I was about to say, hey, do you want a Legend of Zelda Amiibo? Like if you need this, like hard to find ones, you can use it. Um, I also found out that when I was looking stuff up, that Animal Crossing New Leaf, the one on the 3DS, and I wish they would do this in the Switch version, you can use Legend of Zelda Amiibos with that game. And they have, you can have special Zelda villagers that will actually live in your town. Like you can get Wolf Link to live in your town. You can I remember get, seeing that. You can get Ganon as a pig to live in your town. You can get Epona as one of the horse people to live in your town and they'll talk to you and interact and everything and have Zelda themed houses. And so of course I'm doing this. Like I am uh, working on getting all of them invited. Like that was something where I was like, yeah, I'm definitely having Zelda characters live in my Animal Crossing village. That's awesome. Like, that's super cool. I wish they would do stuff like that on the Switch uh, with different crossovers eventually. But uh, I also, uh, we started watching Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Have you heard of this or seen it on there? No, I don't even know what it is. It's a series that's done by Mindy Kaling uh, and really feels like the To All the Boys I've Loved Before uh, movies, but it's a lot better. It's about a, uh, a teenage uh, Indian American girl who is falling in love uh not really falling in love like she's trying to hook up with this one dude and it's just like 
it starts out being about that, but uh, kind of this teen romance, but it turns into kind of a uh, navigating Indian American culture in America as well. And uh, it's, it's really cool. Like it's one of the best uh, TV shows I've seen in a long time. And we binged it. Like we haven't binged something in a long time, like just like straight through Uh, this one. We absolutely did. We didn't realize that it was on the last episode last night when it ended. So I highly, 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 recommend the uh, series never have i ever uh, y'all should definitely look into it sweet and you said it's on netflix it's on netflix yeah it's a netflix original okay cool um i i don't know i feel like i've been picking away at a bunch of stuff this last week some of it is games that i'm de- like starting to dig into but i don't have fully formed opinions yet so i'll bring those back up later a different week um but one thing i want to highlight it's really quick is piper which is a short on disney plus and um, there was a night where I was watching both movies for our for the Disney Forever podcast, which is another podcast I'm on with uh, Katie from the podcast network. And it, I watched both of them that night, and I ended on Pinocchio. And Pinocchio is kind of a messed up movie, and I forgot how much it was. And it's just like <laughs> dark and twisted, and that's a different podcast. If you want to hear that one, Disney Forever, it's on all the podcast places. Katie, Katie and I talk about Disney stuff every week. So that episode will be coming up. But I couldn't end my night on Pinocchio because it's such like a messed up movie. And <laughs> it was just too dark to like go to bed right after that, right? And so I just went into the the Disney Plus because we were in Disney Plus already. Um, my wife and I went into Disney Plus and I was just looking at all the shorts they had. I just picked one I hadn't seen before and it's called Piper. And it's this cute little like six minute, it's a sandpiper and... Uh, it's adorable it's fantastic if you just need a quick little palate cleanser that's like a pixar short go watch piper because it's fantastic is it pixar or is it just a disney short on there actually i don't know it it might be pixar it might be disney either way it's really really good that's really cool like i haven't heard of that one and uh we haven't been on youtube as much as we had in the past because of uh, animal crossing honestly (laughs) and so like we subscribe to the pixar channel so we'll have new shorts and different videos about their shorts pop up and so it's been a month or so since we've really got gone through the daily uh viewing of the subscription uh, list so i i haven't seen anything about piper i'm gonna have to look for this one yeah it's good i i highly recommend it um and then the other thing i want to talk about was the clone wars so right. this is one where it's been on my geekery list since this season started um, and I before season seven started, which is the final season, and they announced that before it went live, um, I watched a few select episodes from season five and six just to refresh myself because there's a couple key ones near the end there, um, especially with a, like Ahsoka and to just see like how she leaves the Jedi Order. And the first two arcs of season seven, so season seven has three arcs in it. The first two arcs feel like more Clone Wars, and that's not bad. It, it's good. Like Clone Wars is good by the time that you get that far into it. It does. Um, it's arc- a lot better in the later seasons like the yeah. show is the show is good like if you watched it in the beginning you're like eh, this is a Star Wars cartoon for kids like it gets really good toward the end it does and it has more story arcs to it that are meaningful instead of like filler episodes and kitty stuff um yeah it definitely evolves and like levels up as a show as you go season by season and it goes forward so um, the first two arcs here, they feel like more Clone Wars. And like I said, that's not bad. It's fine. Uh, arc one is the Bad Batch, and it has like more uh, Anakin development. But the Bad Batch is a bunch of like clones that have kind of specialized abilities because their cloning process went like slightly wrong. Um, oh. And so that one's interesting. 
And then arc two is Ahsoka right after she leaves the Jedi Order and what happens to her and her first experiences after leaving the Order. So both of those were kind of like good for world building. And like I said, more Clone Wars, right? Not bad, but not like blow you away. Arc three is the finale arc and it's four episodes and it time jumps ahead and it... (laughs) It feels like the last four episodes here could be stitched into a movie that's missing from the key Star Wars story. Wow. It it is like movie quality, without a doubt. Um, It feels like a missing movie from the franchise. It has a different title and a different intro. They made it more like a movie. And it's basically the Siege of Mandalore. And it touches on Darth Maul and Anakin, Obi-Wan. It has Rex and it has Ahsoka. And it's mostly about Ahsoka, Rex, and Darth Maul and kind of wrapping up their story in the Clone Wars and getting them ready to move on to what happens after. Because if you've watched Rebels, you know that all of them are alive when it comes to Rebels. So it's more about filling in the gaps there. But um, this arc, it starts out right before Revenge of the Sith. It leads into Revenge of the Sith, and then it overlaps with Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. So this four-part arc, or four-episode arc, is basically a movie that's a companion movie to Revenge of the Sith. And I think it's better than Revenge of the Sith. It's really, really good. This is some of the best Star Wars that I've seen in years and years. It's fantastic. I'm excited to see it because like, I knew that you and I've seen other people talk about the last part of Clone Wars just being amazing. Like this last arc being great as it's been coming out over the weeks, the last few weeks. I didn't realize, though, that it was the Siege of Mandalore, that that was really the the unifying event in it. I knew that you had told me that it, it paralleled Revenge of the Sith. I didn't realize that the actual, you know, conflict and storyline went around the siege of mandalore which you know is really super interesting now because of the mandalorian and them referencing back to it a lot uh and now us i'm assuming getting to see a little bit more of the stuff that they've referenced in the uh, previous season or previous series i guess yeah totally and it you can tell that it's trying to do all of that at the same time and it's like one of the last major battles of the clone wars and while it's happening revenge of the sith is happening so the galaxy is changing out there so like you go into it and it's still the clone wars and by the time you leave it the galaxy has changed just like revenge of the sith except this one is so much better than revenge of the sith was that that sounds fantastic. Like it makes me actually want to just sit down and watch that without the others right now. You wouldn't need to watch the others. And that's one of the things that I wanted to call out here is that like, yes, there's seven seasons, right? But you could really start with, you could just skip everything and you could start with the last four episodes of the last season and you would basically be fine. Um, You know, it might take you a little bit to pick up on a couple of the characters, like if you don't know who Ahsoka is and you don't know who Rex is, but they do a good enough job of establishing those within the first 15 minutes that it's fine. Like, I really think that they might take these four episodes and then edit them together and make this a standalone, like, animated movie for Star Wars. That would be great. Like, that, that, I mean, that makes me want to watch just those as another movie uh because sitting down and it's still not a a really expansive season or anything it's like what eight ten episodes yeah it's i think most of the arcs have four episodes so there's three arcs so it's like 12 oh like 12 ish that's actually the way that wow that's longer than i thought it was i didn't realize that it was even 12 episodes yeah like, I really am going to have to sit down and, and watch this. It's, you know, I still haven't finished Rebels. I still haven't finished the very last episode. 
and it's like oh. the best episode of the se- the series and stuff I've heard. Like one of the best episodes they do. So the other thing I did was after I watched this is I was like, oh, I want to see like I, I remember because I've watched Rebels. What else happens to Ahsoka? But I haven't seen it in a long time. And it's stretched over season two, three and four. And Mm -hmm. so I went on YouTube and I was like, somebody's got to have like a good compilation, right? And it turns out that Disney has the best compilation. Like Disney X. Yeah. I was so surprised. Disney XD, which is like, you know, their whatever channel that Rebels was always coming out on. Disney XD has a compilation that's like a 40 minute cut of every Ahsoka scene that just flows right into one another. And it's really good. Like that, that 40 minute cut of Ahsoka is basically every single time that she is in Rebels. And it might be my favorite Rebels episode, even though it doesn't (laughs) exist as a real episode. That would be great. Like, I love Ahsoka in the the Rebels. I love Ahsoka in Rebels. Like, that sounds fantastic just to have it all put together like that. It's good, and it's official, and it's on Disney's channel on YouTube. So, yeah, you can go watch that, too. I Um, very well might. Yeah, so I had a good a good Star Wars week here. Um, it was really good. I'm excited to see Ahsoka in the next season of The Mandalorian too. Like, mm-hmm. I got to see what they do with her. Like, I'm I'm very curious about that because I didn't expect it. I really did not expect them to bring Ahsoka into the live action post. Uh, I can't even remember like post original trilogy content. Like, I thought they were really going to leave her in the uh, the the before time in the uh, the <laughs> in the prequel stuff. But so it's really interesting to me to see what they're going to do with Ahsoka as a full adult and honestly with somebody else playing her. That uh, her not having the same voice is going to be very throwing. And I love Rosario I Dawson, but it's going to be really hard to uh, to latch on to at first because even yeah. the novel was read by Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, she. I mean, at this point, Ahsoka is probably my favorite Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, I think, so. think anybody else beats her out. Like, yeah, she's she's my favorite. So. Uh, it was so good. It It's just fantastic Star Wars at its best. Those last four episodes of season seven of Clone Wars. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it was a good week. Uh, that's probably it for us for this week. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack, Discord, and Reddit. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, you can check out all of the other great content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's, and you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast, which is about the Dragon Quest series of RPGs. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, y'all. 